Welcome back to the Perpetual Wealth Podcast, a show for clients of Paradigm Life. This season, we're empowering you to take control of your financial future using the core principles of the Perpetual Wealth Strategy. Now, before we dive in, a quick but essential disclaimer. While this podcast is primarily for our valued clients at Paradigm Life, it's open to anyone interested in enhancing their financial knowledge. However, please remember that our information should not be taken as a direct tax, legal, or financial advice. We strongly recommend consulting with a wealth strategist at Paradigm Life or your financial team before making any decisions based on our discussions. Today, we continue our journey into cash flow, protection, and wealth building, the foundational principles of the perpetual wealth strategy. Let's dive in and explore how to optimize your wealth and achieve financial independence. Your journey continues now. You know, I tell this story more fully in the, in the book, but 2008 to 2010 was one of the like, hardest uh, periods of time, right? So like, I almost went out of uh, business. My wife like, begged me to get a job at 7-Eleven. We were going to move to Arizona, right? It was, uh, it was a crazy time, right? And it was all self-imposed. I just mm-hmm. made some bad business decisions. I didn't know anything. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. And obviously, in hindsight, it was just really poor decisions. Uh, and it was, uh, it was a big challenge, right? I didn't get very much sleep. I was overweight. Um, it was, uh, it was miserable. And then, uh, fast forward to 2016, uh, I, uh, made some other, uh, business mistakes, right? I, uh, wasn't a great, uh, leader. I still have challenges as a, as a leader. Uh, I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And we grew really quickly. Uh, we, uh, as a team and, uh, and ultimately we, we lost, uh, had to fire, let go, like, you know, uh, I would say, I think 20 to 25 employees within a year, right? it was, wow. it was challenging. The reason why I tell these two stories is 2016 was way easier than 2008 and 2010. Yeah, Cause I learned some lessons. I learned some le- lessons from a liquidity standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned it from, uh, understanding my numbers, understanding a financial statement cash flow statement. Uh, I understood hiring. I understood, uh, you know, management to a degree. Uh, I had business coaches as well that helped me make good decisions. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately, the decision to let go, let people go. Uh, if it was me in 2008, 2010, I would have kept them on, kept going, paying, you know, just money would be gone and I would have been out of business and likely bankrupt because wow. I had way more to lose in 2016 than I had uh, to lose in 2008 to 2010. So I bring this up because an often overlooked part of uh, personal finance right, is, is how well you are protected. Now, obviously, we live in a litigious society where everyone's suing everybody, but it's not just protection against that. Uh, life is dynamic. There's always things that are happening, especially in business. And, you know, ensuring yourself from the events that could completely wipe out your wealth yep. is often overlooked. You know, people look at insurance as unnecessary evil. Right. You have to get it's a law to get car insurance. So what do people tend to do? They get the least amount of protection with the least amount of premium and tend, you know, to have insurance to protect stuff that they don't have risk. And same thing with business insurance, homeowners insurance. So part of uh, wealth strategy based on our experience with thousands of clients, right, is our clients would much rather have 100 percent probability of getting to 95 percent of their wealth right? Then trying to get to 100% of their wealth targets, 
right? But because, you know, of uh, protection measures and not focusing on protection, uh, getting to much less than that 100%, uh, and sometimes even less than 50%. And there's disruptive events, whether it's, you know, lawsuit, divorce, uh, medical disruption, market volatility, uh, employment disruption. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many external risks that we don't control and influence that when we're exposed to it and we're not prepared, completely wipes out our wealth potential. And that is obviously not in alignment with the perpetual wealth strategy because the idea is to create the highest quality of life, right? And even though we can't predict the future, it's figuring out ways strategically, right, to protect ourselves from those disruptive events that I would say are inevitable. Inevitable, no doubt. We've seen it over and over. Um, a couple of my clients in the past decade have been through Tropical Storm Sandy, um, Hurricane Katrina, and most recently the hurricane that hit Florida, Sar Sar Sarasota Springs area on the west coast of, uh, of Florida. Several clients there, major business disruptions, displaced from their home for months. Um, and some interesting stories there about how the proper protections have given them peace of mind. One of my clients recently said, wait, if I hadn't been working with you and, and taken your advice to get these better insurance products in place, I would have been freaking out right now. But I have a peace of mind knowing that even though it's delayed because there's a lot of people dealing with claims right now, we're going to get through this. You know, there was uh, a time when I had the, the same mindset, right, where I didn't understand how to uh, leverage uh, insurance companies to protect uh, business, to protect uh, my personal finances. And a lot of the lessons, uh, you know, came in the beginning with my experience as a, as a business owner, entrepreneur in my personal financial life. But then I started to see major disruption in the lives of clients. Mm. Uh, one in particular, uh, it was, you know, he just recently uh, sold his uh, business for huge amount of money. Like he's, he, him or his kids probably never have to work again. And he taught me a valuable lesson about uh, what's called officers and directors insurance or directors and officers insurance, mm -hmm. uh, because he was a medical in a medical supply company. And that company, uh, he ran the division in Chicago and uh, there was a sales floor uh, out west and the sales floor started falsifying Medicare claims. Oh, my gosh. And the FBI raided the office uh, and shut the whole company down. But they had directors and officers insurance that paid for all their legal expenses, although the, the perpetrators went to prison for several years. Mm -hmm. He was able to preserve the business. And it was very difficult. Okay? At the same time, he just exited, and I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was worth it. However... Yeah. That one insurance policy that he had set up that most businesses do not have, yep. okay, uh, ultimately paid all the legal expenses for him to negotiate with the Department of Justice and ultimately save the business. So it's one of those things where we don't necessarily know the risks we have as a business. We go into business because we identify something that's valuable to somebody else. Okay? Exactly. But we don't necessarily know the, ri <laughs> the risks of doing it. Yep. It could be intellectual property violations that we have. Right, it could be employee uh, employee risk being sued by employees. Yep. I mean, there's so many different risks. But looking at again how we position a wealth strategy, just as much as the wealth accumulation uh, path is important, financial products, financial strategy, wealth, okay, protection of that is also vital. Because how many events does it take 
to completely disrupt that wealth accumulation path. Yeah. I mean, literally just, just a one. single yep. of, of the many, many that are out there. So as we look at protection, the question, you know, have you ever faced a financial crisis that could have been avoided? I think we've all done that at some level. And I'll give you just a silly one right now. I, I was in a parking lot about a week ago and I looked right, there was nobody coming. So I move into the intersection that's in a parking lot so that it's unmarked, there's no yield or stop sign, it's just like general flow. And as I'm turning, this guy who's sitting with me is like, dude, watch out. And next thing you know, there's this other car upon me and we collide. Oof. And I'm like, where did that come from? Like I literally looked, my, my habit is always to look before I turn and there was no car. We still had a collision, like it was just out of sight. And so the nature of that at this point, we're like a week and a half, $8,000 worth of damage to my car. Their car, probably five to six, you know, just depends on the panels that are messed up. So if I had to come out of pocket with that, you know, that's a pretty sizable chunk of change. We're talking close to $15,000, but because of the insurance that I have, it's only going to be a thousand. Right? So I can deal with that small stuff. And the tens of thousands, and luckily no humans were involved because that can be tens of thousand dollars above that. So the, the protections that I have in place give me the peace of mind that, look, that's not a fun thing to go through. It's disruptive of my time and energy. Uh, it might be several months before I can get my car fixed, but I don't have to pay all of it out of pocket. And I didn't have to preserve all that money. Instead, I get to use it for my family. I get to use it for investment opportunities. I get to have it as peace of mind money. I don't have to set it aside as self-insurance. And that's, that's where, I again, I look at the mindset that we've all been conditioned to understand is that insurance is a necessary evil. And mm -hmm. I know you have some opinions about those two <laughs> words, right? But I, I look at, again, from an insurance standpoint, there's so many ways that you can indemnify risk. Uh, and it, usually you can set it up so that you can have actual actually more protection than you currently have with yeah. less out of pocket yep that's the okay thing. so there's a way in which you can optimize the insurance you have just based on the risks that you have yep understanding the risk too like we have so many risks around us and in fact in the united states we have so many insurance products available to us that we're spoiled and because there's so many available to us they're so easy to get we underappreciate them and i was listening to a podcast uh that I think it was called Planet Money. And they shared this interesting story about a group in Africa. They were studying tribal behavior in Africa. And these groups were kind of subsistence lifestyle people. They had farms and they had land that they might grow orchards and have fruit to take to market. And yet they diversified by having goats and sheep and cows and a little bit of cash because they, their society was somewhat cash, but it was mostly barter societies. And so these researchers went in and they said, okay, what's going to be more effective in helping these farmers who have excess land that they could produce crops on actually take advantage of their unique value propositions to their communities? You know, one, one group in particular had an orchard where they could, um, it was a higher elevation, so they could get apples to market a week or two faster than their neighbors, but they weren't maximizing their ability to invest in planting more crops because of the fear of weather. Mm. And so instead they would diversify into these other animals reducing their overall potential for growth. And so they said, let's give one group cash and cash reserves and see how that affects their mindset. And then let's give this other group an insurance product that we're going to create. And so they studied this group after a period of time. And which one do you think was more likely to take advantage of growth opportunities? The ones with cash or with insurance? Ones with insurance. Why? Because you're passing on risk. You're not, you're not absorbing the risk yourself. Yeah. Self-insuring. 
So the cash was limited. Right? There's, it was finite. I can't remember the exact dollar amount. I don't know if they even told us. But the insurance had a much broader protection Coverage. capability yeah. than just the cash, and thereby the, the greater certainty. So even though they actually had to pay for that insurance, they were more likely to be successful and take advantage of the opportunities. Hmm. That was powerful to me. That was an insight that I had that helped me see that, wow, we are unfortunately and fortunately very spoiled with regard to insurances, and we've lost the value of risk management and risk mitigation. It used to be a profession in and of itself. Right? We happen to represent life insurance companies here. That's one aspect of risk protection. We do disability income protection. We have uh, annuities that protect future cash flows that we have longevity access to, protection. longevity yeah. protection. But there's this property and casualty piece where auto and home and business liabilities mm-hmm. and things of that nature that exists out there. You used to become a professional at risk management, and people would go hire you to evaluate your risks and then provide appropriate protections. That's kind of a lost art. It is. And underappreciated. And that's, I think, why we need to have this conversation with you guys. So let's just bring this back to mind. The protection actually is an efficiency for wealth creation. It doesn't take away from it. It's not evil. It's necessary for good, and it's necessary for growth. The foundation of a house or the braking system in a car is what gives us confidence to then build upon something and make it beautiful. You know, all the optimization of a house that you and the finishes that you enjoy in that house started first on a really firm foundation that's boring and dry and, and it's not exciting to talk about, but it's what gives you confidence to do the other things and enjoy the actual lifestyle that you have in that house or to take that car to its maximum cap- capacity for speed. I think the, the, metaphor, the metaphor we use is uh, the root system of a tree and then the tree itself, yeah. right? So the trunk of a tree and branches and leaves Okay, trees are in an environment that is dynamic and is always shifting. Sometimes there's really peaceful times. Other times there's like storm, tornadoes, hurricanes. So what determines whether that tree survives? Is it a trunk and trees? No, it's the root system. It's the roots. Right. So again, I, I think depending on the situation that you're in, right, what is the external risks that you're uh, exposed to and how do you mitigate those risks in the most efficient way possible if you're a business owner you're going to have a lot of different risks that you can indemnify Uh, if you're just an individual there's other risks that you can uh, indemnify Uh, but look looking at how we associate risk especially in personal finance there's there's two areas right there's asset protection and then there's income protection right so the asset protection asset protection piece Right is if if you're liable for something, right? Somebody falls on your property or gets hurt in the pool, or you hit somebody in a car accident, right? There's a lot of different ways in which you are can be liable for the harm of somebody else, right? You have property and casualty insurance, right? And the property, it's like car accident insurance company covers you know any type of harm there, uh, but then you you know really look at. Uh, where the risk is, it it ultimately comes from the person right whom you harm, and it's mostly not going to be intentional, mm-hmm. okay. But if they're a doctor, if they're a lawyer, if they're a big business person, right, they have there's a, a a lot there, right, that is lost based on their loss of production, and so you're liable for that. So how do you ensure that you have adequate protection? Because if you don't, what's going to happen? You're going to have to self-insure and ultimately have your assets liquidated. 
Okay. And ultimately your income potentially liquidated in the future. Yeah. Right. So it's one of those like risk assessment is insanely valuable. It's part of, you know, what we look at from the perpetual wealth strategy standpoint, because I mean, if we help with wealth building and creating cash flow and, uh, you know, building your finances to a level where you experience, you know, uh, abundance and you live that meaningful life. And then that disruptive event happens and wipes it all out. That obviously is not a responsible way to establish a wealth strategy. So that's yeah. why we focus a lot on protection now to ensure that, okay, where there is risk, how do we cover that risk in the most efficient and effective way possible? Yeah. If your attempt is to be as absolutely efficient as possible with cash, and oftentimes we'll think that protection is unnecessary because it's taking away from my wealth potential. But if you go back to what I was saying before, if you do not buy insurance products that allow you to transfer risk to other parties that's pooled, then you're 100% responsible for that risk, which means actually you're inefficient because then you have to hold on to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And if you're a, a business owner that's got more wealth, and more at risk, then you need to hold on to perhaps millions of dollars that's in your bank self-insuring, which then means you can't use that for growth in your business or for investment opportunities. So actually, it's way more efficient to transfer risk to other parties than it is to retain it. Isn't that crazy? Like just, just consider that. Risk is so pervasive that if we don't protect properly against it, we uh, will have a catastrophic loss. And I've seen it several times. And it may never happen. Right. But again, it's like that. It's just that one event. It's just the one. Right. So really looking, looking at, you know, the typical approach to personal finance, it usually revolves around uh, wealth building activities, right? Wealth building activities uh, are investments. It's the different diversification of those investments uh, based on risk profile. Okay, but again, looking at the protection path, the protection path ensures that wealth materializes with certainty because you don't just like put money into an account and suddenly it grows uh, to this huge amount overnight, right? It takes time, it takes consistency. Okay, and I would say the, uh, the most important aspect of wealth building happens at the end. That's the nature of the compound curve. Okay, and in order for that to materialize, you gotta start today Okay, but then you have to protect yourself because ultimately what happens when there is an event that requires you to self-insure, you have to liquidate everything. Liquidate. Right? You have and, to prematurely start over. There's penalties, there's interest loss, and then you start over. How devastating is yeah. that to your wealth accumulation curve? Because yep. we already know that hockey stick is a hockey stick. It's slow building and then suddenly it starts to get steeper and steeper. We have to have that consistently happening. But if we break that curve by this catastrophic event, and we have to start over. Now we're delayed by a decade or two, and we start over that curve, and it takes much, much longer to recover. Yep. Whereas in this case, like I was saying, this this minor scenario, twelve to eighteen, twelve to fifteen thousand dollar accident in a car. We've had others in our life a few years ago where my wife was rear-ended in a car accident. The other party was at fault. Their full coverage paid out, but they had state minimums, so it was twenty five thousand dollars. But we had a small business in addition to what we're doing here as a wealth strategist. We had this product that we were selling on Amazon and we couldn't do that anymore because her mental state wasn't available. She mm -hmm. had a concussion. So we then had to claim on our own insurance as an uninsured or underinsured portion, which a lot of you guys probably haven't really paid close attention to, but super valuable. So on our, because they were underinsured, we were able to claim on our own insurance and recover a couple of years later, $100,000 of additional It wasn't covered by their benefit. insurance. It was not covered by their insurance. Yeah. So these are, these are, I would say, some subtle ones, but again, looking at risk profile, uh, it just depends on where you're at. So 
Uh, again, the, the new tools that we have on the Paradigm Life website for uh, clients, Wealthview 360, which is this like single page snapshot of your entire financial life, okay, it has a section in there for your asset protection insurances and entities. It also has a section in there uh, that identifies your income uh, protection uh, insurance or entities. Now, again, th th we can go super deep into all the different ways in which you can cover whatever risks you're exposed to. Okay, but there's there's a, a constant, I would say, requirement and benefit from evaluating uh, where you have risk. But I would say yeah. the, the one thing that I want to include in this conversation uh, is essentially the business that we do, right? Obviously, we have wealth building uh, tools, financial products, financial strategy, uh, but we also have a, as a part of this very you know unique financial product, uh, whole life that is in a, essentially a class of its own because of all the different things that it does. You know, we've had you know hundreds of, of clients at Paradigm that have passed on, uh, and it's mostly prematurely. Yeah. So looking at you know the the components of life insurance and how it replaces the income production of the person that passes on. Okay, I, I want to speak to some asset protection piece, which uh, is in the form of estate planning, right? Estate planning is wills and trusts. Most people don't think they need estate planning, uh, but they become uh, very easy to put in place and the costs just continue to, to come down, yep. right? So really evaluating estate planning is important because we've experienced firsthand where clients pass on prematurely, uh, their estate planning is not in place. And ultimately, a big check goes to their beneficiaries, and we've seen, uh, in most cases, way more harm than good, okay? Because money in a large sum was placed in the hands uh, of people without any direction. And again, yep. as we've talked about, human nature is what tends to, you know, create uh, behavior around finance. And when you get a big lump sum, you feel that that's always going to be there. It's the lottery effect. It's the professional athlete effect. Right where mm -hmm. there's these short bursts of income or one-time income payouts or money payouts, and ultimately, you know, the future isn't accounted for, and ultimately, you know, people that do win the lottery or professional athletes tend to go bankrupt. Right. So the idea of estate planning is to ensure that if something does happen to a breadwinner that replaces income, okay, that it's directed to beneficiaries in a way, right, that provides for their support. Uh, as, as long as, you know, the circumstances yep. uh, determine. But again, it's the proper estate planning and direction of those assets that's, you know, that uh, is a very important piece of uh, the wealth strategy. Yeah, now, let me speak to this from some personal experiences as, as well. I spent four years in banking before I became a wealth strategist and represented life insurance companies and became a financial coach. And during those four years, I was on the new accounts desk and people would come in with death certificates. This loved one passed away. And one of the things that really concerned me was they were there to set up a donation account because this person didn't have life insurance. Mm -hmm. And I was just shocked by that. Like term insurance, for example, is so low expensive. cost, yep. so inexpensive that why wouldn't you at least have some term life insurance? And I thought, you know what, I can get behind that. I want to go that direction. But the other thing I noticed about when people brought in death certificates was they might have a last will and testament. And if they did, they'd say, hey, I've got this will. I'm the, uh, what do they call it? The custodian or the, the I guess at that time Execu it was the executor, you know, executrix, yep. these funny words. Today we call it a personal representative. But they would ask me, can I get access to their bank accounts? And I'd say, I'm sorry, I can't. Have you taken this to the court yet? What's that? Yeah, the probate court. 
you have to take it to your state court to have it validated that it's a, a true and valid will. And then it provides to you what are called less letters of testamentary. And then you bring that back in with your ID, and then I can give you access to their accounts. And it would take weeks to months before I could give them access. But if they would bring in a trust that showed that they were the named successor trustee, they brought in their ID, they brought in the death certificate that same day, I could give them access to those assets. So there's a time efficiency that comes in here. There's an emotional uh, efficiency where they don't have to go through the trauma of back and forth and back and forth with asset transfer upon death. It's much more simple when you have the proper legal documents in place, which are forms of protection. So again, I'll, I'll talk about Wealthview 360. So free tool, it allows you to organize uh, not just kind of where your net worth is, your uh, cash flow, uh, your assets, your liabilities, but also your uh, asset protection vehicles and your income protection vehicles so that you can essentially have a, a snapshot of where you're at right now financially and ultimately have a very high level effective discussion with your, uh, with your wealth strategist. Additionally, on uh, this technology that is for Paradigm Life clients, uh, you have a strategic partner network and we have several organizations that we have aligned uh, with, whether it's commercial and business insurance, uh, to uh, health insurance, to asset protection, to estate planning. Uh, so there's a lot of you know, areas of expertise right, that we have aligned with outside organizations that, uh, that specialize in those niche areas. Uh, and so we're going to make those relationships available to you as our valuable clients. So go uh, make sure you register for the portal and uh, specifically get your uh, financial information inside of Wealthview360. And I love this tool. Uh, for years, I've worked with clients on a kind of a four-pronged approach. I call it becoming awesome with money. So it's an acronym, all right? So O is get organized. Yeah. S is build systems or get systemized. O is optimize those systems and that organization of your financial life. And then the M is maximization. That's all about developing the surplus cash and cash flows into new cash flow sources, buying assets that produce cash flow, preparing for retirement. So this Wealthview 360 is that organized piece that helps you see where everything's at. It kind of forces you to go look at what you have and put it all in one place so that then you can evaluate and make sound decisions, uh, adjust your system, optimize the way that you're doing things. And oftentimes you'll find gaps you didn't even realize were there yep. that you were just blind to. And now you see it. And we as your wealth strategist team and team members can support you in making those better decisions. It's so helpful to have this. So last thing, uh, last thing I'll say is Perpetual wealth strategy, again, is about quality of life, right? And it's optimizing the quality of life based on, I would say, the systems and strategies that have been proven to create financial health. Uh, and, you know, obviously we focus on cash flow, protection, and wealth as those three primary principles. And so obviously protection sometimes may not seem as sexy and exciting and like, you know, creates that, you know, I would say, oh, I'm going to live this type of life and do the, you know, it, it's not going to create obviously that. that, that level of excitement or emotion at the same time, right? This is a fundamental piece, right? You can't see the foundation of a building, but it's one of the most important pieces yeah, of a sound structure. Uh, you can't really see the root system of a tree. Okay. But when a tree falls down or doesn't fall down, you can obviously, you know, value the root system. Uh, and so it's one of those, like, this is a, a vital component because we live in, I would say, our own ecosystem. We live in a, a society that includes risk. Life includes yeah. risk. But we can minimize that risk, which gives us a mindset 
that we want and we value more often than anything else because it allows us to show up to life with a different attitude, a uh, different energy level. And with that usually creates the most amount of opportunities. And I would say those experiences that create a fulfilling life. Yep. Agreed. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us on uh, this episode of the Perpetual Wealth uh, Podcast. And we will see you on the next episode. Cool. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Wade.